It's going to be familiar to you. It's also our memory verse. And I'm reading verses 14 through 18. If you'd stand for the reading of the Word. Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. This is the Word of God for the people of God. God. Amen. You may be seated as God blesses His reading of His Word. Jesus starts this parable with, The kingdom of God is like. (laughs) Or the kingdom of heaven is like. And He begins to explain what it's like. But by the time we get... Four verses in, we're not thinking about what he's talking about anymore. We're thinking about, do I have talent? (laughs) Do I have a good talent? Do I have bad talent? Am I using the talents he's given me? Am I not using it? We're all into this. And, And we miss that Jesus said, it's the kingdom of heaven is like this. And the parable itself describes... The end of days when we give an account. And so we go, yeah, well, I, I know um, that that's true. And that the master gave out talent. Talent back then is money. I considered talent giftings and resources of our lives. And he gave them to his servants according to the skill that they had. Some of us go, well, I don't have very many talents. God said you got the ones you can use that you're able to use efficiently and wisely, and so use them that way. The reason he's able to give those talents is he's aware of those servants' lives. He's been around them. He knows who they are and what they're like. And when we begin to look at what he's trying to do when he throws out the talent and gives it to each of those servants, he doesn't tell them what to do. He just gives it to them and he says, I'll be back. He doesn't tell them specifically, you go to this, you go to this, you go to that. He just gives it to them and then leaves. And, and what we learn is that the first two guys traded, invested, did sorts of things with the talents given and they doubled the money or the talent. They increased it. And the Scripture calls those guys profitable servants. Profitable. (laughs) Don't forget that word. And the other one who went and buried it, he called him unprofitable. means he didn't do anything for him. And he called that one wicked and lazy. And uh, the reason he did that is because he was not using what was given to him for the proper use. And so he said, you're wicked and lazy and you're not profitable to me. Well, 
I think the master had an idea in his mind of what a good servant looks like. Don't you think? Don't you think when you work in a business, Ken, you know what a good truck driver looks like, what a bad one looks like. You're going to know because you've been around it. Well, the master knows what a good servant is supposed to do and be like and what a not so good one is supposed to do and be like. And he knows the difference between them. And he knows he's not going to invest a lot in one that's not so good of a servant, not willing to do the things the master bids. And the reason he knows this is because he has a vision for his kingdom. All the things that are on the screen there are part of the kingdom of God. All the things that we strive for in the kingdom of God is what God has a vision for us to be a part of. That makes sense? When God says, blessed are the peacemakers, He's not saying, some of you are and some of you aren't. He's saying, if you will let yourself be a peacemaker, God will bless you. That's His vision that we as believers would be peacemakers. What vision do you think He has? There's just a few of them on the screen there. They're, I came up with a bunch, but I just wanted to know if you had an idea of what a good servant of God looks like. And what a bad one looks like. Probably you go, well, I know the bad one better than the good one because I'm not sure the good one because only God knows our hearts and we start going that road, which is to me an excuse to not really know what we're doing. Here's what I came up with this week and I really like this. Now, this isn't an end-all list. God's infinite. I have a few words. God's vision is this, that all things become new in Christ. That we have love for one another. That we practice forgiveness. That we're charitable. That we're encouraging one another. That we're good parents, you know, fathers and mothers. That we're generous when we give. That we have relentless gratitude and praise for Jesus Christ. That we visit and feed and we're hospitable. We practice hospitality with people. That we are evangelistic ambassadors as we're called to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. To be ambassadors for Christ. And to be evangelistic that way. And I would say even enthusiastic. And I think if you have any of those characteristics... That's the kind of investor God's looking for His kingdom to give resources to to resource back into His kingdom. He wants to keep those kind. He's looking for evidence of that vision that He has for the world and His kingdom played out in your life and in you. He invests in you. All people He invests in. Not one does He not. And He wants you to invest in others with what He's given you. You are an investor. I can't tell you what you invest in, but you are an investor with your time, with your talents, your gifts, your resources. You invest in something. So you are an investor, even if you go, oh, I don't know how to handle money. Well, maybe that's not your investment skill. But I promise you, you nobody's born knowing how to be financially responsible, we have to learn. Most of these 
things that God invests in us, we have to work with a while to get better at them. And so he's looking for investors in the kingdom. People who are wanting to work the harvest field and reach the world. I believe God really wants that. What is the evidence of a believer in an ambassador for Jesus Christ? How do you know when someone is? They invest in the vision of God rather than their own. They are vested investors in what God has invested in them. And that's to grow the kingdom of God wherever they go. In verse 30, I didn't read it today because we'll get to it later, but it says, cast the unprofitable servant, the one who didn't do anything but bury it, and cast him into the outer darkness. Cast him out of my presence. In this story, when he uses the story of the minas, it's the same story, but they use the word minas in Luke. It doesn't say cast that servant out. It says something that really, really shook me when I compared the two stories. It says, bring that unprofitable servant to me and kill him in front of me. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's a pretty picture of the kingdom of God. But kill him in front of me. That's what it says in Luke. No mercy at that point. It's over. But now, that comes at the return of the master. Of the one when they come to settle accounts. Not now. Later. So that's good news. The problem is, is we go, well, what if I've lost my talent? Or what he gave me, I don't know how to use. Or maybe I had it and I wasted it foolishly and it's gone. Well, the question I would ask us then is, could we learn from our failures to be wiser if He invests in us again? Because God isn't done growing His kingdom through us. He's not done yet. Could we learn from what didn't work to become profitable servants? Some of the greatest lessons we learn are the failures that teach us how to do it the right way. We learn what doesn't work and we have a desire to learn what does. Now, the question that we also have to ask ourselves is, do we believe, given another investment by our Heavenly Father, do we believe or do we think God believes that he can expect more of us this time? Or do you think he expects more of the same? That's the question we have to resolve within ourselves. Can God expect us to be faithful investors in his kingdom even when we haven't been as faithful as we could have been? Are we willing to relearn and grow and build his kingdom with the resources he's given us? And what if we do learn and become wiser? Then what? Could we ask? Maybe. Would you be willing to ask God to reinvest in you? Or maybe even go find that buried talent and pull it up out of the ground and start using it, investing it, instead of letting it lay dormant. The reason why is because there's a time frame. There's a time frame between investing and realization of that investment. 
When you put money in a savings account at percentage interest, you don't get the percentage interest until it's been there a while. So when God invests in you, and He invests in our church, and He invests in us, He says, okay, I've given you this investment, now go work with it a while. I'll come back and check on it and settle that up later. So there's this between time that we live in, and that's right now. He hasn't returned yet. It's not done yet what we're going to do with the investment. So if we've done nothing, we can begin to learn to be more effective and do something with it. To watch those who know how to invest in the kingdom and learn from them. If we are good at investing, we don't quit. We keep going because the Master wants to find us faithfully investing when He returns and not stop just because we did a little bit. So again, are you an investor in God's kingdom? This week, I was dealing with this text all week. And I kept saying, I don't know if I'm a good investor or not. I do a lot, but I could do more. Do you have that one? I do stuff, but I could do more. Or do you say... Uh, I don't do very much and I should do more? Or do you say, I can't do anymore, I'm doing all I can? I'm of the mindset that the talents and giftings that God gives me is easy for me to use, and so when I do it, I get it done quickly. And I think, well, I should have done more because what I used, I got done quickly. Now I have all this time, I could have done more. That thought process will never leave you at peace. He says, invest what He's given you and trust that it will do the work that He's invested you in. What God really wants to know is are we faithfully investing fully in what He's asked us to invest and not just partially. And this morning, as we come to a new year, to a communion table, where all is transformed and made new. I think it's very important for us to confess that we have done with his investment, but we also have not done with his investment, that there's some we've done and we could have done more, and to confess where we intentionally did not, and then repent of that, and then commune seeking his forgiveness and mercy. Because at the communion table, it's where He says, I invest in you again. It's where we say, God, I didn't do so well. I didn't do as much as I could. I wasn't as faithful and profitable as I could have been for Your servant. But, but reinvest in me. Will you? And at the communion table, Jesus says, yes. I will reinvest in you again. We forget. And this is what amazes me in this story it says the master goes on a journey and and he leaves all his affairs to his servants but do you think that the master doesn't know what's going on while he's away of course he knows and he realizes that if an investor is profitable he's saying i'm gonna come back give him some more because they're doing well but I may come back early to stop the one who's wasting it and give it to someone who's going to do something with it. But he's keeping tabs so that 
we know He's looking. And if we say, you know, I've been an unprofitable servant, but I want to be a better one, Lord. Help me, help me. Invest in me again. I'll show you this time. He's not going to go, well, when I come back, we'll just settle up. He's going to say, come to the table where my son will pour out my investment to you. And my investment starts with his blood running through your veins. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we live our lives sometimes like it's our own life, not yours running through us. It's our blood, our choices, and not your blood and your spirit guiding us. So I ask this morning, in as much as we've been unwilling, that we confess that now. And we repent and say, Lord, forgive us. Hear the cry of our heart in the areas where we have chosen other than to serve you with our investment in us that you've given. Reinvest in us now. Reinvest in me. Help us to grow our church, our community, our families. Invest in us what we need to do that. Because this is our heart's desire, is to be good investors in those things. And we will follow you faithfully and listen to what you say and do what you say. As we come to the table this morning, remind us you are investing again in us. And thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I call communion table a crossroads sometimes. I don't know if you ever